0: So, does God have a favorite NFL team? Well, I do know this. He likes Cardinals. He likes Falcons, Ravens, and Dolphins, and Buffaloes and Broncos. He likes Panthers and Colts. He likes Bears and Lions, Jags and Rams. And he likes them Cowboys. He likes them Texans. He likes them Saints. And he likes people with red skins. I'm just saying. He likes Seahawks and Eagles. Come on, somebody. I don't know if he has a favorite team, but I know he wants us to win the game, the game called life. And that's what we're going to speak about. And before we go there, I want us to be able to give ushers. Would you come up to the front at this time? And uh, we have three ways to give. You can give online. You can give through text giving and you can give live in the service if you're a first time guest or if you have a special prayer need we have a connection card and fill this out and we don't want to bug you but we want to let you know that we appreciate you being here and we have a special gift for you if you'll take this and give it to one of our greeters at the guest services table and also to everyone that's here today as you leave today feel free to take a coke or Dr. Pepper with you and a a little snack with you and enjoy tonight a little bit of refreshment uh for this evening i, I hear something important is going on starting about 6 37 o'clock i don't know but that's the rumor aren't you glad you have to give today i'm so thankful that god has blessed us i pray for our life church family and i pray blessings upon your business and at your workplace and and if you don't have jobs that god would give you the right job and uh, I, I'm so glad that he answers prayer. So we want to give to him, and I want to remind you, give to, give to God, but also save for your future and live on 80%. just want to remind you, give, save, and live. 10, 10, and 80. Save for your future, too. Can I get an amen? Let's Let's give thanks today. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you that we do have to give. You're so good and you've blessed us with so many blessings that we just can't outgive you so lord today this is yours what has been given online what has been given through text giving and live in the service we honor you as a form of worship and let it be pleasing to you today we know we cannot outgive you and we know we're going to be blessed because we gave and that's not the reason why we give it's just one of the benefits of giving so thank you Thank you, thank you for these blessings. We honor you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Let's give to him today.
1: If you go to church on Sunday mornings, you've probably heard the Lord's Prayer, maybe hundreds of times. But if you listen closely this Sunday here at the Asbury United Methodist Church in Prairie Village, you'll hear something a little different. It's a sure sign our sports teams are winning when the sign makers at Asbury United Methodist get to work. It all started with the Royals back
0: in 2014 and the Royals had won seven games in a row.
1: And church leaders put up the sign, we've been praying for the Royals. You're welcome.
0: I think it's great. I think it's a great thing because it's a way of connecting and, and we're all about trying to connect with the community that's out there. So sign connects.
1: Since then, people driving by have always taken notice of the sign near 75th and null uh, Number one, I hope it makes them smile, and I hope it makes them laugh. I hope it brings some joy uh, as they drive up and down a busy street. After holding healing services for Patrick Mahomes' bum ankle earlier this year, the church knew the Super Bowl sign had to be good, using a prayer said every Sunday. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy chief's kingdom come thy will be done on earth and in Miami. Hey, we kind of thought about the Lord's Prayer and we kind of thought about what do we pray for in the Lord's Prayer and we pray for uh, God's will be done. Could it be God's will the Chiefs win? Maybe, but a little prayer never hurt, just in case. In Prairie Village, Matt Evans, KBC 9 News. I thought you'd enjoy that.
0: Everybody say go Chiefs. Yeah, I did that for you, Yvette. So. <laughs> she she got her feelings, quote, hurt last week. Do you remember what I said, Yvette, yeah. about Kaylee's dog? <laughs> dog times. That dog barked 49 times, and I don't know if it means anything, but <laughs> just saying. Today we want to talk about winning the game, and uh, I, I, I'm real excited about bringing this to you today because in... in In football and in life, uh, in our spiritual life, there's some parallels, and it goes hand in hand. And so in the text, Jesus reveals some essential plays. Everyone say essential plays. Yeah, this is something that we're going to have to do if we want to win in the game of life. And Jesus is our coach, and he's telling us to do some things. And how many have ever in life Feel like you've been crushed. There's been a crushing in your life. Would you just be honest and raise your hand? I know most everybody probably could raise their hand. It's kind of like being tackled on the field, isn't it? You, you've got the, the the opponent or the enemy, quote unquote, coming against you, and you you feel like, man, I've got all this protection, but man, sometimes it just doesn't feel real good to get tackled by the enemy, and it feels like a crushing. We use the term crushing, we love to use it over our enemy, don't we? But what about the time when God allows the crushing to happen to us? And I, I want to show you a scripture, and if you have your handout today, if you'll go ahead and open it up, and there's some words that we can fill in, and the scriptures are there, the scriptures are on the screen. But also, uh, if you have your Bibles, if you want to go ahead and light up your Bibles through your phone, or if you have your paper Bibles with you, it is found in Isaiah Chapter 40, in verse 31, and it says this, Yet the strength of those who wait with hope in the Lord will be renewed. They will, what? Soar. Everyone say soar. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and won't become weary. They will walk and they will not grow tired. What I believe is so interesting about this scripture is a couple things. Number one, the word wait in in the essence that this was written is not about being still and not doing anything. It's kind of like waiting on tables. It's an action word. Those that wait upon the Lord or those that are busy doing something from Him, God's going to give them strength. Even though you're, you're out in the field and you're playing the game, uh, the spiritual game of life and, 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 you know, a lot of times we think, man, I, I need to wait. And sometimes he, he does let us pause and see law. But what he's talking about here is those that will continue to go forth and continue, even though you're tired, even though you've been playing all day, those that continue to wait in hope in the Lord, it is going to be a renewal. Aren't you glad for the renewing? And then the Bible says that's when you're able to soar. Everyone say soar. In other words, you're going to be able to fly like the eagle flies. And I love that because to wait in as this action word, well, to the adult eagle, to soar is about flying, isn't it? But to the young eaglet, to soar is about falling because what the eagle does the the eagle's kind of getting a crushing to the family of eaglets and putting the pressure upon them to make them to get out of the nest when she knows that they are able to fly when she knows that hey it's time i i'm i'm done feeding you 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 can feed yourself i've been protecting you and and I, but man, you, you've got to learn how to fly. And so what she does is she pushes them out of their comfort zone. Have you ever been pushed out of your comfort zone? done something maybe for God that you've never done before? Well I could never greet people when they walk through the door. And sometimes he pushes you to a, a, a comfort zone out of a comfort zone that you haven't been. And the comforts of home are gone. I mean, these baby eaglets are pushed out by their own mother. And I was thinking what I would think if that happened to me is like, why would mama do this to me? Why is she doing this? But in the process, as you go over the side of the nest, there's this flapping and flying and flapping and flying. And flapping and flying. And the eaglet understands, I'm not going to drop down to the bottom. I can fly. And that's why mama pushed me out of the nest. And so in the process of the Lord pushing you out of your comfort zone, and and it feels like the pressure is on, it's a crushing, I want to remind you, that's not the time to give up. Start flapping ...and start flying. Look at Hebrews 12 and 6. The Lord disciplines the one He loves. The Lord disciplines. Crushing is a process... ...but soaring is the promise. (laughs) Did you get that? I think one person got it. Let me say it again. Crushing is the process... ...but soaring is the promise... Maybe you're writing that down. You cannot have promise without process. And so God allows this to happen. And we hear a lot about the promises of God. I believe them. I love to hear them. You know, for example, you're the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Your promises are yes and amen. And I believe all that. But the ones that God wants to anoint the most, He will actually crush the most. It's like in the natural, what happens to an olive. If you want a little olive oil, you do a little crushing. But if you want a lot of olive oil, there's a lot of pressure to crush. The olive is crushed and the oil is released. Another example I was thinking about was the arrow. Some of you maybe have had some experience with a bow and an arrow and and people have done Exceptional things with bows and arrows, but it's only until you pull back and talk about pressure, and it's only then when the further that you pull this back, the further the arrow will soar, and when God wants to take you to new places and to higher places in him, you're going to feel the pressure of what is going on. God I don't understand why you're pushing me. So why is this so tight? But the more you will fly is determined on how far it is pulled back. And some of you are like, okay, God, you pulled enough. Believe me, God knows what he's doing. And you will never be able to experience all that God has for you unless you allow him to do the crushing in your life, the pulling, the pressure. People have done exceptional things in life and winning, even in the natural, they had to overcome a crushing. You think about people who have been highly successful in movies and highly successful in banking and these people started at low level areas and working their way up into the place that they are today, it is one of the natural laws that that work in life, and it also it is a spiritual law. It is the force from which you have been pulled back. It will t- determine the height that you will fly. In college, I had a job, and I, I was at a Bible college, a religious college, and I worked every day. They they had a position open for washing dishes, and I took it because. My family didn't have a lot of money, and I was on my own to pay for my college. So I worked Monday through Friday from lunchtime, and I I washed dishes until about 3 to 3.30 in the afternoons, and then washing them again after dinner that night, mopping the floors at night, cleaning the bathrooms, and making sure everything's ready for the next day. And then I did it on the weekends because I needed more money. How many How many know what i 'm talking about? There comes time. you talk about pressure. there comes time when you just got to do what you got to do and if and if it 's working every every day, sometimes you have to do that. But I had a goal and i wanted to, I wanted to graduate from college and my major at that time when I first went to college was actually in music and it 's something that just came easy to me and i I wanted to be able to uh, get a degree but Halfway through college, and it's just like the Lord. Uh, halfway through college, I'm, I'm at a chapel service, and I felt a crushing. I felt a calling to my ministry. And, and I was thinking, man, this is feeling like a death to my music, but I have to answer the call because I, I felt that God wanted me to go into a pastoral ministry. And uh, some people said what is Jeff doing? What is this guy doing? He can do music. He, he can sing and he writes music. But what is he doing going into theology? Well, what is he thinking? And then about 20 years later, after I graduated, I, was, I, I had been doing music for a church and uh, I, I felt God was saying, it's time, you, you need to start a work. And we ended up starting here in Round Rock. And guess what? Some of the same voices said the same thing. What is he doing? He's a music guy. It, it'll never work. It won't, it won't happen. I, I heard them, that's what they said. They, they said, just give it time. It'll die out. I felt like saying, thanks a lot for the encouragement. Appreciate that so much. But you know what? God allowed those same voices to be spoken in my life 20 years earlier so that when they were spoken again, come on somebody, am I telling you the truth, so that when I heard it again, it wouldn't wouldn't affect me because I knew what God had called me to do when I was in my 20s. And then when I was in my 40s, I knew this is what God wanted me to do. And I'm here to tell you that you give it time. If it's of God, it will stand. Praise be into his name. God let a crushing happen early in my ministry. So no matter what others said, I knew. Right? I knew. And it's okay to be a talkback church if you want to. I preach better and I preach faster. There, we got one, yeah. I knew, I, I knew I'd get one. There we go. You got a sense of humor. So in this ministry, times there were times we didn't have a lot of money. I, I remember for the first five years, I, I worked a job, and, and then God blessed me, and, and now today I'm blessed. The crushing was to validate the fact of my calling, and, and I, I felt like Paul in Philippians 4 and 12 I know how to be abased. And then I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. But notice what he says here. But I can do all these things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's a word for you today. You. You may be up, you may be down, there may be a lot in the bank, there may not be very much right now, but I'm here to tell you, you can endure all these situations, the crushings in life, just like Paul, he had the crushings in his life, but you can do all things through him who gives you the strength. I want to show you an example. Remember the story of the two fish and the five loaves of bread, and how... There possibly could have been 15,000 people. They only counted the men in those days, and there were 5,000 men. That didn't include the women and the children. And here, here comes a, a kid's meal to Jesus to feed all these thousands of people. And you know what Jesus did first? First he gave thanks. And I think when, when, when what he has given us is small, you, you need to be thankful for the, the small moments of life. Because God can do something big with it. And then he begins to crush it. He takes the bread and he adds pressure. And when he breaks it, it begins to multiply. And the more he crushed it or the more he added pressure, the more it multiplied. And the Bible says there were baskets left over as a testimony of what God can do. Feeding thousands of people with a kid's meal of two fish and five loaves. All because there was pressure involved. A crushing. So how in my life, through the crushings, can I win the game? And I, this is the first thing I would I would tell you. And if you want to fill this in. To win the game of crushing, you've got to stay humble. Because when God blesses you, you can't get all proud about it. You've you got to stay humble. Don't let pride enter in. It's like... When you make the touchdown just thank God for it and don't let pride get in your heart. Stay humble. Church people get amnesia sometimes quick. And they they begin to see something that they don't like about new people that have come into the church and they forgot it wasn't that long ago they were doing it too. So stay humble. Stay humble. I had one lady that was upset because we had a musician had tattoos on his arms and he was still smoking cigarettes and she didn't like the spiritual level of one of our Sunday school teachers and she proceeded to tell me about it with the wrong kind of attitude. She should have never done that because I'm still under construction and God's not through with me yet. And here she is, overweight and obese. And I told her so. Isn't it funny? We And this is what Paul said. You know, we, we can pick a splinter out of somebody's eye, can't we? But we can't get the two by four out of our own. Come on. Don't let pride set in. The longer that you live for God, it's easy to be that way. And when new people come to church, they're, they're, they're going to be, it wasn't that long ago you were sucking on a cigarette like it was a straw. So give them a break. It's very hard to quit. Let's see you stop eating sugar. Aren't you glad you came today? <laughs> Stay humble. Romans 12 and 3. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Ooh, that's good scripture right there. And there's times that after we get out of a crushing and we make a touchdown and everybody's, yay. Don't let pride get in your heart. You've been serving God for uh, 40 years. <laughs> yay. But don't let pride get in your heart over that because we are all just sinners who have happened to be saved by grace. Praise God. Here's another way to win the game of life. Be honest with Jesus. (laughs) Be honest with Jesus. I'm going to tell you, you might as well be honest because he already knows what you're thinking anyway. Just be honest. Mark 8 and 23, there was a blind man that uh, asked Jesus... Uh, to heal him, and, he, and Jesus spit in the man's eyes. Can you imagine if I, at altar call, <laughs> anybody want to be healed and not wear glasses anymore? Come on down. You're the next contestant. And spit in their eye. Well, actually, I've accidentally done that before when I pray with people, but that's a totally another of the story. Because I sometimes spit when I speak. But that's something else. That wasn't intentional. And he spits in this man's eyes. Let's read on. And placed his hands on him. And he says, Jesus asked him, can you see anything? And the man's honest. The man looked up and said, I can see people. But they look like trees walking around. Once again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes. And when he opened them, his sight was restored and he could see everything clearly. The healing was all predicated on honesty. He was honest with Jesus. Yeah, you touched me, but I still can't see. And and this is after Jesus spits in the man's eye touches him and the courage that it would take to tell Jesus, the healer, in front of his disciples that I still have blurry vision. And yet Jesus touches him again. It was not by accident that Jesus did that. It was on purpose. There are no mistakes with God. He can't make mistakes. It's just that sometimes, and I believe what he's telling us, We all need a second touch from the Savior. Sometimes one touch is good, but Lord, touch me. Let your presence touch me again. Let your hand, and I feel him. Hallelujah. Would you just take a praise break and worship him right now? We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Touch me again, Lord. I need a second and third and fourth touch from you. I've taken steps in the dark. And and i got to be honest. I don't see vision totally perfect. But touch me again and my miracle will come. Be honest with the Lord. Tell the Lord, I fumbled the ball. He he knows you did already. Just tell Him, Lord, I, I missed the tackle. Or I got tackled. I messed up and the other team won. I remember the first time that I preached in college. It was my senior year, and they had, on a Wednesday, they canceled all classes in the morning, and they let all the preachers, senior preachers, uh, to just kind of get a head start and let everybody see what their ministry was like. And you had between 10 to 15 minutes per person that was speaking. And I remember waiting, and I, I knew I was supposed to speak that morning, and I waited and I waited, and I thought, well, maybe they're going to let me go last, and then they wrapped it all up and said, we are so excited, there there are some of the seniors, you and, and everybody give them a big hand, and we've been so blessed, and I was thinking, God, I feel so bad inside, I was supposed to preach, and I changed my major, I've done everything that you've asked me to do, I, I remember, I remember just talking to God in my head, have you ever done that? Yeah, just like, you better believe I have, Pastor. I gave him some words. <laughs> what do you think's going on, God? And I, I, I was honest with God. I, I was disappointed. I said, this, this was my time. Thanks a lot. All the studying, everything I've done. And then one of the professors came up to me after, afterwards and said, I am so sorry. We forgot to put you on the list. Again, thanks a lot. But then they said this, but we have saved three of our finest speakers to speak Wednesday night service, which back in those days was a big crowd. That, that church was a couple thousand people. And we're letting, we're letting them speak, and we'll let you speak tonight. And I, I remember my message to this day. In fact, I still have my notes that I typed on a typewriter. That's right. I still have a dream was the name of the message. And so they let the first guy up. They let the second guy up. And they let the third guy up. And I said, oh, God, please, I can't do this again. Please let him call my name. And then they called me fourth. And they let me go last. Last. And I remember I gave it my all. And I'm telling you, it was one of those kind of times where people really rallied behind because they were rallying behind all the, the seniors that were getting ready to graduate. And, and I mean, people were just really going crazy and encouraged me. And I got more excited. And the more I got excited, the more they got excited. It was like, revival! And it was awesome. It was, it was just awesome. I still have a dream. I can see what God wants to do in his body. Wow, it's disappointing. But I wondered, what would have happened if I hadn't been honest with Jesus? And I was honest with the professor, because he said, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm disappointed. What if I hadn't been honest? What if I would have said, you know, it's okay, I don't don't have to do this. Um, I'll have other opportunities after I graduate. I would have never got the opportunity to do what God had called me to do for that moment. I tell you, it's important that you you be honest with God. You don't have time to let fear incarcerate you when you have the key. You just reach your arm around and you say, I'm disappointed. Then when the time comes and that gate is open, you walk in your purpose, your calling, your destiny, and watch what God will do for you. Yeah. And here's the third thing, and I'll... I'll give you the last one here. To win in the game of life, you're going to love this. Let God prune you. Let God prune you. Sometimes you have to be cut. Just like when they take the players off the field and, so that they can reset, they can regroup. Maybe they got tackled and they need a minute. So that, why do they do that? So that they can be more productive when they're needed. John 15 and 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. There was a young child who decided he was going to help his mother out and trim the rose bush. That child may or may have not looked a lot like me. And he saw his mother last year prune the rose bush. So he thought he'd help out, got the knife out, and prune the bush. And when mom saw it, she wasn't very happy because it was pruned too far to the ground. And it almost killed the rose bush. And what the difference is, is this. Is that mama knew exactly where to cut the bush in order for it to produce better. But here's what I want you to get. Pruning is not punishment. Pruning is not punishment. But it's the beginning of your greatest season ever. You're on the winning season. And God knows exactly, exactly where to crush you. Because in the child's hand, it was a weapon. But in mama's hand, it was a tool. See the difference? See the difference? And so God knows exactly where to cut you so that it doesn't kill you, but it will make you more fruitful. You cannot play this game of life and not escape the crushings that God has. It may be the child who is rebellious, a crushing. It may be the marriage that's in trouble, a crushing the job that looks like it's ending, a crushing. Young, old, rich, poor, educated or illiterate, doesn't matter the color of your skin, everyone will feel a crushing. And at times it may even feel like you're being stabbed. But if the eaglet is never pushed out of the nest, you will never learn how to fly. And mama knows that you can't stay in the nest forever. That she will bring the pressure, the, the crushing, so that you will enjoy the scenery of looking and flying and be able to hunt. Come on, somebody. I'm here to tell you today, be encouraged if you are going through a crushing Because this is what I want you to take home. Crushing is a stage, not a destination. Crushing crushing is just a stage and not a destination. And if you're going to win, the coach wants to remind you that if you're going to win the Super Bowl of life, You're going to have to be pushed out of the nest so that you can fly, so that you can soar. Get out of the comfort zone into the end zone where God never intended for your temporary to be your eternity. Can I say that again? God never intended for your temporary to be your eternity. They told us in college that the time spent sharpening the sickle, and it it hurts to be sharpened. Doesn't it? It hurts when, when, when the, the sword, this sword, is pruning, when this sword is cutting. But time spent sharpening the sickle is not time wasted when you're in the field. And that is good right there. God never wastes a hurt, and you shouldn't either. Let's stand today. I'm here to tell you today that crosses turn to crowns. Crosses turn to crowns. Pain turns to power. And scars turn into stars. 1 Peter 5 and 2. After you have suffered a while, he will restore you after you have suffered a while he will restore you I want us to pray today and I I want us to just really focus right now would you just close your eyes and let's focus on God for a moment maybe some of you you've never really accepted the Lord in your life I want to tell you that he went through a crushing. He went through on Calvary unspeakable torture because he loved you. And he shed his blood so that you could be saved, forgiven, and set free. It's called the gospel, it's the good news of Jesus Christ. It is a death, a burial and a resurrection and because he lives we can have eternal life but you have to accept it you have to get out of the nest of what is so comfortable yeah you've you've always been in the ways of the world but now i'm going to be pushed out because i want to fly with the eagles and not hang out with the turkeys i want to be able to soar as he created me to soar so today Make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Just ask Him into your heart. Just say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. Save me of my sin. Cleanse me with your blood and wash me clean. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Live in me all the days of my life. And let your Holy Spirit baptize me with the power from on high. And then greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. And when the crushing happens, when these crushing moments happen, God, I will stay humble. And with you, I will be honest. And I will let you prune me. So I could be more fruitful. So that I can win in this game of life that you have set me. Hallelujah. I feel his presence in this room right now. Some of you have said, well, I really can't witness because I I know I'm not living the life witness anyway well i I know that i i don't want to be in ministry because I, i got some things hey walk in your calling anyway walk in your purpose anyway if you're waiting to be perfect it will never happen hear me today if you're waiting on perfection it won't happen within yourself it only is going to happen through jesus christ He is the one that is perfect. So I encourage you today, get back in the game. Get back in the saddle, they say. Get back on the field and begin sharing the love of Christ. Begin letting people know what Christ has done for you. Begin to do the best that you can do. Walk in sanctification.